This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Labels are a very part, a normal part of life, all right? Uh, right now, every one of you got your clothes you wear, probably have labels unless you made them yourself, um, which is kind of a lost art. Denise used to make all of the clothes for our kids growing up, and uh, they were really nice. But uh, we're used to labels, from the clothes we wear to the cars we drive. Labels are a part of our life. Now, uh, we're very familiar with all the labels like Campbell's Soup, Dove Soap, Apple Computers, uh, Mercedes-Benz, Chevrolet, Cadillac, Ford, Jeep, uh, Nike. Of course, Nike is not as... They're more into the wearables now than they are, uh, than they are really the tennis shoes as much. But uh, all of the different things. Uh, and you watch any TV shows, uh, like a sporting event. You know, you're going to see like Russell and all the different uh, types of labels of different things. As a matter of fact, labels, when we see the label, you, you know what it is. Immediately, it evokes an emotion. It creates a sense of feeling. It may, be, it may be the kind of car you love or that you aspire to. You know, like when they do a Mercedes-Benz commercial, it's all of a sudden like it's, it's like you get that you've arrived. Or, you know, like Chevrolet, uh, you know, all of a sudden you're like, you're like good, wholesome America. And, man, you got that good car. You didn't go overboard trying to buy an automobile and you got a good automobile or a Ford or something like that. All of these things evoke a sense within us, a feeling like, uh, like if we were to, uh, you know, right in this room right now, I could uh, say, okay, let's debate the difference between PC and Apple or between uh, Samsung, uh, 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 Android, and iPhone. Well, immediately, when I say those things, everybody knows what I'm talking about, and you have your favorite. Oh, man, I, I'm an iPhone guy, or I'm an Android guy. You know, and it's funny, I'll go on uh, 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 blogs, you know, you'll, I'll go in there and Google, there's another label, Google. Uh, we don't even say, go search the internet anymore, do we? You'd say, hey, Google it. Just Google it. That shows you the power of a label, doesn't it? It begins to create a whole sense, a concept of what that thing is. Before we may have seen it or before we've touched it, we already know or have a feeling of what it is. Let me pose a question, or before I do that, let me uh, read something here. Because on the, on the bumper, I wish you could have seen the whole thing. I'm not sure what happened. But Stephen created where you see the labels the word labels, and then all of the faces. And then suddenly you saw the little label across the forehead of the different people. And just like there are labels for 
all the items that we use and consume, there are also labels for people. And we wind up labeling one another. We wind up being labeled. And some of you were labeled as a child, and that label has followed you throughout your life. And labels... And the natural for the items that we wear or drive or purchase, that's fine. That's good. That lets us, because it, we believe in, we hear a label about a certain item, we know, okay, I can trust that. I have uh, belief in that label. But the same is true with the power of labels in the lives of people. That when we label one another or when we allow people to label us, it has an effect of conditioning our thoughts about those people and their thoughts about us. I'm going to read you something. I did some research about labels. I was uh, this. I really began to sense that this is a subject I wanted us to look at because in America we're labeling one another. And we're allowing our young people to be labeled. And some of those labels keep us and keep our young people from ever reaching the fullness of the potential that we have. Some of those labels separate us from other people who could be great friends, great allies, great associates. And America right now is in the midst of labeling like crazy. And we're dividing one another when we should be uniting one another. Because here is a principle in life that, you know, uh, and you know divided we fall, united we stand. And that's true of anything. But let me read you this. Labels shape our perception of people. How we feel about people, how we believe about them, our perception of them is going to be governed to a great degree by the label that we've allowed to be on them. Maybe we didn't put that label there, but society did. Or maybe a group of people did. But that label affects our perception. You know, listen, perception is truth to the one that perceives it. It may not be true, but when you perceive something to be true, it is true to you. And so you act and react in kind. You act according to that perception. You treat those people according to that perception or they treat you according to their perception. Uh, Johann Wolfgang van Goeth said this, Uh, regarding labels, and he talks about the rule of expectations. Listen to this. The rule of expectations uses expectations to influence reality and create results. Did you hear what he said? An expectation is used to, it influences reality and and it creates a result. In other words, it changes reality to shape it the way it wants it to or the way it expects it to. 
Individuals tend, listen to this, individuals tend to make decisions. Now this is amazing to me. Individuals, that's you and I, tend to make decisions about our life, about things that we're deciding that we should have the ability to make our own decision. Individuals tend to make decisions based not on fact. Somebody says, oh, I studied all the facts. Here's the thing it says. In society, individuals tend to make decisions based on how others expect them to perform. Voila. Social media. Not just young people, even older people, but people today in America are making decisions about their life, about who they'll, uh, if they're dating, who they'll date, what they wear, what they believe, everything by the influence of social media. Social media will create an expectation through labeling, through, con- through certain beliefs, and we tend to make decisions then based on that that should be our self-governing individual decision that has nothing to do with the opinions of others. Now listen, individuals tend to make decisions based on how others expect them to perform. As a result, people fulfill those expectations whether positive or negative. Now listen to this. Robert Rosenthal and Lenore Jacobson told teachers, they're uh, psychologists, told teachers at an elementary school that some of their students had scored in the top 20% of a test designed to identify, quote-unquote, academic bloomers. They made that up for an experiment. Academic bloomers, which means, which was students who were expected during that year to suddenly have an an intense rise in their IQ, in their intellectual development. In fact, the students were selected randomly. They had, actually, the students were, they tested the same as all the others. But listen, they were tested, they selected randomly. They performed no differently from their unselected peers on a genuine academic test. A year after convincing the teachers that some of their students should be labeled academic bloomers. Rosenthal and Jacobson returned to the school and administered the same academic test. The results were astonishing. The bloomers who had no different IQ the year before than their peers, when they retested them after they were labeled academic bloomers, their IQs averaged 15 points higher. Why? Because the teachers believed the label. The teachers believed the label, they're academic bloomers. They lifted their IQ. Are you listening to me? How powerful a label is. On that thing Stephen had up there, it said, loser, stupid, ugly, how powerful can that label be? Well, they, they've got to make their own decisions. The teachers realize what they said, Rosenthal and Jacobson said, the labels 
became self-fulfilling prophecies. You're no good. You're a tramp. Why is she like that 20 years later? Why is she such a, just no good? Because she was labeled. Listen, uh, I read a, 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 a blog, a youth blog called Youth Voices. And here's what they said. The problem with labels is that they are merely shells that contain assumptions. When we are taken in by a label that we believe the label that, they, that is put on someone or we receive the label that is put on us, we are taken in then by the opinions of others and the assumptions take on reality. Now let me pose a question to you regarding labels. Let's go back to our original uh, starting point where we talked about the, natural, the labels and the natural things of life, uh, uh, cars, clothes, all of those kind of things. Let me ask you this question. Could Chevrolet, General Motors, could General Motors go to the, a Ford plant and when a new Ford comes off the assembly line, when it comes off and it's finished, could they take that Ford over to a Chevrolet showroom and take off the Ford uh, decals and everywhere it said Ford, get rid of that and put Chevrolet on it and sell it to the American public? Can they do that? They can't? Why not? Because it's cons- it is illegal and illegal. To- it's called fraud. And if they did that, it would be a lawsuit because it is illegal for them to do that. Why is it illegal? What's wrong with it? They're just taking an item and putting their name on it and selling it. When Denise and I lived in Los Angeles, I remember we were sitting watching the news and uh, came on and said, breaking news. Uh, uh, The LA Police Department and FBI have just uh, uh, uncovered and a, a ring of uh, where uh, a ring of uh, criminal activity where they were uh, taking clothes that were made over in overseas somewhere, and they were getting them millions of dollars worth of clothes and putting on them designer labels, but they were just cheap stuff, and they had all kinds of stuff, colognes. They had purses, they had jeans, they had all kinds of items, shoes, everything, tennis shoes, everything. And they had all these designer labels on them and they were selling them at top dollar to people because they were supposed to be designer items, but they were not. And they confiscated millions of dollars worth of items and they said because it was false material, it was uh, uh, a lie because they had put a wrong label on it. Now listen, why can't General Motors take a Ford car and put a Chevrolet label on it and sell it? And you said it right, it's fraud, they can't, it's illegal. Well let me, let's answer, then why is it illegal? Now hear me, 
the answer to the question that I just asked, why is it illegal? Why is it wrong? What's wrong with it? The answer to that question really sets the theme for this whole series. What this whole series is about and what we're going to cover this month, what we're going to talk about is the answer to that question. And I want to give you the answer so that you know where we're going this whole month. And you might want to write this down. The answer to the question is this. Why is it wrong for General Motors to take a Ford car and put a Chevrolet label on it? Because of this. Only the one who makes a thing can label it. Let me say that again. Only the one who makes a thing can label it. Let me read a scripture to you. In the book of Psalms, King David said this in Psalm 8. What are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. Look, listen to the next statement. You made them. Only, here is the rule. Here is the law. The reason General Motors can't take a Ford, put a Chevrolet label on it, because even nature, even the law tells us, only the one that made it can label it. Well, that's good. That sets us free. Only the one who made us has the right to label us. Only the one who made you. Your mom and daddy didn't make you. Your friends didn't make you. Facebook didn't make you. Twitter didn't make you. Pinterest didn't make you. Your school didn't make you. The people that have never liked you, they didn't make you. Only the one who made you has the right to label you. That is the law in the natural, but it's a spiritual principle also. David said, you made them only a little lower than yourself and crowned them with glory and honor. Let me say that again. David said, you made them. You know what that means? God made you. Everybody say, God made me. God made me. See, you need to remember that. Some of you need to put it on your mirror every morning when you look in there and you're putting your eye makeup on or shaving your face or whichever, uh, whatever you're doing. You look in that mirror and you see, God made me. I remember uh, years ago, uh, the bank, where we, the drive through bank teller, I drive through and this girl had the, the teller, it was the same one back then every time. She always worked at the window. And she had a sign that she had written uh, in. This is back, you know, when a computer was huge and all that. uh, And nobody had laptops. But uh, she had a sign in the window there where at the teller. When you drove up, you saw that sign sitting in the corner. And it was this. And it said, I have value because God made me. And every time I'd tell her, I'd say, I love your sign. And I said, that is so right. You and I both have value because God made us. Say it again. God made me. God made me. 
Okay, only the one who labels you has the right to, or made you has the right to label you. Let me read you another verse that King David wrote in Psalm 95. He says, come, let us worship and bow down. Now let me say this about worship. Worship is not a feeling. It's not when the right note on the music is played. Worship is is not when your favorite song is sung. That's that's about you. Well, I, I don't worship because I don't like the music. Well, then I guess we're worshiping you. Because my understanding is worship was not about you. Uh, we worship because of Him and because He's worthy and because He's God and because He gave his son to die for us and to buy us back out of sin so that we could belong to him and be forgiven for things that we could never get forgiven for by ourselves. He's worthy of our worship. So David said, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel, listen to this, before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God. Rebecca was pregnant. She was uh, <clears throat> Isaac's wife. Isaac was the son of Abraham. And uh, <clears throat> Rebecca was pregnant. And it had been a number of years. Uh, they got married when Isaac was 40. And at 60 years of age, Rebecca finally got pregnant when uh, Isaac was 60. And Rebecca had twin boys in her womb. Now, God knew that, so he said it, she didn't get to go get an ultrasound to find out. But uh, God told Isaac, there's twin boys in Rebecca's womb, and she's going to give birth to twin boys. Well, she did. And uh, she gave birth to uh, the oldest one named Esau. Now Esau, when he, when he was born, when he came out of his mother's womb, he was hairy as he could be. He had red hair all over his body. I mean, he had a full head of hair and, and he was a very hairy uh, little baby. And then uh, right behind him, when, when they, the midwife brought Esau out, when his foot came out, on his heel, his brother had a hold of his heel and was holding it. And so when they pulled out the next one and they named him Jacob because he had a hold of his brother's heel. And the term Jacob, the name Jacob means deceiver, liar, supplanter. Supplanter is a word that means to wrongfully take the place of another. Let me give you an example. You remember when you were in school, elementary school, and there's a little kid at the front of the line, and suddenly the big bully comes up, pushes the little kid out of the way so he can get in the front of the line. You remember how you felt about that? Well, he was a supplanter. He took the place of another wrongfully. A supplanter. Well, Jacob's name meant deceiver, liar, 
Someone who takes the place of another wrongfully. And if you read the story of his life, you find that's exactly what he did. He, de- he lied to his father. He deceived his father. And he stole his brother, older brother's birthright by deception. And by being very uh, uh, conniving. Well, when his brother found out, his brother was a man's man. And Jacob... Uh, was just Jacob, he was a liar, deceiver, and he got what he got, not by physical prowess, but by deception and lying and all those kind of things, conniving, and uh, he was a weasel. And so he runs for his life, and he goes to another country, and he settles there, and guess what happens? He meets this man, and he starts working for this man because he he has some, a good-looking daughter. He has several daughters, but one of them is really pretty, and he likes that girl, so he starts working for her dad, uh, like somebody else I know. No. He started working for her dad, and her dad had sheep, so he's taking care of the sheep. Well, he makes a deal. He says, listen, he said, let me work so many years, seven years for your daughter. And so the dad says, deal, done. Do we need to sign anything? Man, my word's as good as my bond. You can trust me. He worked seven years hard, day and night, 24, I mean, uh, seven days a week, every week of the year. Worked. Seven years, at the end of the seven years of indentured slavery, basically, he goes for his, this guy and he says, okay, I'm ready to marry your daughter. And he says, okay, here's the way we do it. You're going to have a big party and do all this. And in the middle of the night when it's dark, we bring, I bring, we will bring, my daughter will come to you and you consummate the marriage there. That is the ceremony. There's no, you know, there's no standing before a priest and doing all that. You know, you just do that. So Jacob goes and he can't wait. And so he, he gets in his tent and he's laying there and it's dark. And I'm telling you what, uh, I've been in certain places in the world where when it gets dark, it is dark with a capital K. I mean, it's dark. You can't see your hand in front of your face. And so he's laying there, and I'm sure it's, his heart is pounding, and he can't wait because he's worked seven long years for this girl. Well, her, the, all of a sudden, there's a female there, and, and she comes over, and she kisses him. Well, and they consummate the uh, thing, and they're married. He gets up the next morning and rolls over, and it's not the one he was working for. It was a different daughter, the ugly one. And he looked at her and he said, can you cook? And so he goes to his father and says, why'd you do me this way? Why did you deceive me? And his father-in-law said, well... You don't understand. There's a tradition in our people. You can't give the younger daughter until the older daughter's married. So I, went, I had to go ahead for you to get the younger one. I had to give you the older one. He said, well, how can I get the younger one? Seven more years. So he worked seven more years. Well, long story short, he finally gets, you know, his wife and everything. And, and he, you know, years pass and he's got children and all this. And so he's deciding, or he suddenly becomes homesick. He wants to go back home. He wants to make things right. He misses his home and he feels unhappy. He feels wrong. Now listen to me. 
Jacob was named deceiver, supplanter, as a child. And he carried that label through life. Now, you read the story of Jacob. And Jacob lived out that label. Not only did he be, was he a deceiver, a liar, but he was deceived and lied to by everybody he did business with. It was like that label followed him all of his days. So Jacob goes back. He's going back. He wants to go back to his homeland. He takes his, his wives, his children, and all of his stuff, and he starts moving back. And one night, Jacob, in the desert, is all alone by himself. And suddenly, he senses a man standing there. And so Jacob turns, and he and the man begin to wrestle. And they wrestle And they wrestled all night long. And at the breaking of the dawn, as the sun was coming up, suddenly the man he was wrestling with touched Jacob's hip and it dislocated it. And he fell down and he couldn't wrestle anymore. And then the man he was, Jacob realized he wasn't wrestling with a man, he was wrestling with an angel. And the angel looked at Jacob and he said, what? Now hear me. Hear me. He said, what is your name? I wish I could sit with you and say, what is your name? I wish I could go around and say, tell me your name. Who are you? Not Sheila or Sam, but who are you? And the angel said, What is your name? What was Jacob's name? Liar, deceiver, conniver, weasel, untrustworthy. He's not the guy you leave your wallet with while you run in the store. The angel said, what is your name? And Jacob replied, he said, my name is Jacob. And the angel looked at him very sternly And with authority, he said, no, your name is not Jacob. Your name is Israel, for you are a prince with God. Now listen to me. You see, Jacob didn't realize his parents labeled him a deceiver, a liar, a conniver. I don't care what your parents have said. I don't care what your friends have said. And I don't even care what you have said about you. Because I'm going to tell you what, even you cannot label yourself. Only God Almighty has the right to label you. And you don't realize who you are. Jacob, the angel said, what is your name? And Jacob said, my name is Jacob. I'm a liar. I'm a deceiver. You can't trust me. That's who I am. And I'm going to go back to my family that I deceived, that I lied to that I treated unjustly, that I stole from. I'm going to go back to them and see if I can make it right. And even if they kill me, I don't care. I got to get things right. And the angel looked at Jacob and said, no, your name is not Jacob. You're not a liar. You're not a deceiver. You've never understood who you are. For you are a prince with God. You belong to God. You are his. Now listen to me. No one but God has the right to label you. 
Nobody else. I want you to rip off. I, I hate labels. They get to bother me. Uh, you know, uh, I'll be wearing the shirt and it's scratching me. And I think, you know, uh, I was in a meeting the other day here and uh, we were talking and my, the label kept scratching me. I thought, when I get home, I'm cutting this label out. And so I ripped the label out. I want you. Have you ever done that? Have you ever ripped a label off or cut it off? Have you done that? Wave at me if you've done it. See, let me ask you, because the mattress police are here. Have you ever cut that tag off that it says under penalty of law, you cannot cut the tag off? All right, we're videoing this. You're gonna have prison ministries. Yeah, I cut those off too. See, I don't like labels. I don't like labels. Here's what I want you to do. I want every one of you to rip off that label, that man, your parents, your teachers, your friends, your enemies, or you and your failures and the things you've done wrong. Listen, because you do something don't, does not mean you are that something. Listen, I may have lied, but I'm not a liar now. I'm a child of God. I may have stolen, but I'm not a thief now. I'm a child of God. Listen, when I was, listen, when I got saved, I'd been doing drugs. I was messed up. I was into drugs. And I remember riding along the road there in Jacksonville, Florida and saying, if there's anybody up there, help me. I was going to get some drugs. And I said, is there anybody that can help me? I cried out. But you know what? I did that, but I'm not that. I'm not that. Because Jesus Christ, when he comes into a life, he makes a change. Jesus stops. He comes in and he rips all the labels off of your life. He rips away everything you've done in the past. You're no longer defined by what you've done. You're no longer defined by what others say about you. You're not defined by that. You are defined by what God says about you now. God is your definition. Jesus is your identity. Rip those labels off. And here's what I want to tell you also. Listen to me. I want those of you that are hearing this. I want you to make a commitment to yourself before God that you will never label another human being. We've got, listen, we've got to stop this stuff. The labeling of how we treat one another with blacks and whites and Hispanics and all this stuff. I'm going to tell you what, red blood flows through all of our veins. The same God that made one made us all. And listen, we need each other. We need one another. Let's get rid of that. We need to quit labeling people. Young people, listen to me. Don't you put up with labeling. And if you see on Facebook or or any of that where people are labeling a friend of yours or somebody you may not even know. I want you to have the guts. Guys, grow some hair on your chest. Girls, quit being a part of the problem. I'm telling you what, stand up for some, your people, even if you don't know them, stand up for people. 
and stop the labeling. I'm telling you what, and listen, don't be afraid of the group. They, 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 well, they won't like me. They won't accept me. They will reject me. Good. There's some people I don't want to like me. There's some people I don't want to accept me. There's some people I want to reject me because I don't want anything to do with them. I love everybody, but I have t- there's some people I have no time for. I will not give them a moment of my day. I will not give them the thought because they're not, I'm not, because they're going to judge and, and hurt and kill. Quit labeling yourself. Quit labeling yourself. The angel told Jacob, your name is not Jacob. Your name is Israel. Listen to me, my friend. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you're a child of God. You're a child of God. And you know what? The greatest label anyone could ever wear is child of God. I love that song, Stephen, we sang, uh, No Longer Slaves, I Am a Child of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Remember, only the one who made you has the right to label you. Let me read or close with a scripture. In 1 John chapter 3, The Apostle John writes this. See how much our Father loves us. For He calls us His children. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.